place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of the... Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. Those of you that are here, if you're watching online, we just welcome you. We're glad to have you, and we're just glad to worship the Lord God. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace that you pour out on us each and every day. We bless you and praise you and exalt you. We welcome your presence into this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Celebrating my freedom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, Father, thank you for being here in our midst. You're ready, willing, and able to show us your abundant love and your good grace. Lord, we thank you so much how you interact with us, how you lead us. And Lord, right now, we just thank you for speaking to us. For I have bought you with a price by giving you my very life 
And because I bought you, you are my temple. You are my dwelling place. You are my chosen ones whom I have called to myself. Come up higher. Come closer. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, if you can, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Don't they do an amazing job? They're here every Sunday, every Wednesday. Praise the Lord. Overflowing to Air Force, new generation. Glory to God. There's some great things happening in our youth group. Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad that you're here this morning with us. And we're so glad to those that are watching online. You know, we're on Facebook and uh, YouTube. So uh, if you get on there, like and share. Amen. Amen. And we're on our website as well. Yes, and on our website. (laughs) And we're looking to go on Instagram. Yes. (laughs) Well, one one of the things that we do here at VCF is we like to speak the word. Yes. And we want to invite you to make a confession of faith that's based on the Word of God. We emphasize a confession, different confession, every uh, quarter. So let's make our confession. We, we ask, ask our God, God the, the glorious Father of Jesus, for spiritual, spiritual wisdom and insight, that we may grow in our knowledge of God. We know the Father through the Jesus, and we are deepening our intimacy with Him. We believe God's light is opening our imagination and understanding so we can know what he has called us to do. We believe that we can benefit from his rich and glorious inheritance in us. And we are learning how to function in his immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing power that works in us because we believe. We believe that we can function in the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that makes Jesus far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. We are are his his body. We are made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. We are victorious overcomers and reign as kings in this life through his grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. I wanted to say something real quick before um, the uh, announcements. Um, Yesterday... I'll share a lesson we shared with Josiah yesterday. Put him on the spot, preacher's kid. I was explaining to him the power of our words. We have to be careful what words we use in our life because it affects our life. 
and it affects our bloodline, right? You can move a mountain with your mouth. That's in the Bible, Mark 11. But you can't push a mountain with your hands. You could get everyone you know to come and help you push a mountain, and it would never move. But you could actually speak to it using the faith of the word of God, and it can move. And we heard a story, it was two weeks ago, two weekends ago, from a friend of ours we were having lunch with after church, and he was saying that he was in Egypt, um, and Rama is looking to to get, a, they've gotten permission to do a school, but they're, uh, they've got land in a location, which I don't know what you Macadam. Macadam, there you go. Thank you, my love. But how many, was it 1800s or? It was like 950. Back in those things, that yeah. back in those, uh, where they were given the challenge, right? Christians were living there. And when the new ruler took over Egypt, he came and he said, to, uh, everyone here must die or convert to Islam mm-hmm. or die, or I'll give you a third option. If you can, and there was a big mountain there, mm-hmm. if you can cause this mountain to move, I'll give you 24 hours, you can stay in and keep the land. The believers started praying. Yeah, they fasted and prayed. They for fasted three days. and prayed for three days. And when they came back, it was three days, not 24 hours. And when they came back, well, the night. <laughs> The night before the next morning when the guy was going to come back, they started hurt, they hurt something. And when they looked, the mountain picked itself up. You, you could see all the way underneath it. And moved over. <laughs> and when, the, when the, the leader came the next day, and there was visible evidence there was a mountain. It left a crack or whatever so they could tell. And they knew where the mountain was. They said, you can take the land. <laughs> Amen. So there's evidence on earth now where your mouth, I'm sure you've had mountains in your life that you, that you've had removed, but you didn't do it by shoving and pushing and getting everybody together. Come, let's all pray together and then let's go down the road and let's just shove and push. No, we speak to it. Amen. So your words are very powerful. That's what I wanted to say to you, but I also want to remind you that use it for the glory of God. Amen. Good morning. God bless each one of you. It's so good to see you. I have announcements, but first I have to give a little tiny testimony. Um, Air Force, our youth group, has a YouTube channel now. I don't even know the right terms, but YouTube. And one thing that we're going to start putting on there is testimony time. So I'll just give you a little hint of what they're going to share. Because this week... Four of our youth were healed. One of them received new body parts. So it went beyond healing. But the angel of the Lord just came and gave her new knees. And two of them, their backs were, had, they had pain in their back. And their backs were healed. And one had a, a lingering cough and trouble breathing. And his lungs were cleared. So glory to God, and all four of those youth will share their testimony on our YouTube channel, which is called New New Generation Air Force. We just created it. So it's almost like, I feel like God's like when you were talking about Instagram, when we create something like a vessel, 
then God's all ready to fill it. <laughs> Woo! So youth, we meet on Tuesdays at 6. Every Tuesday at 6 o'clock. That's ages 12 and up. And we meet from 6 to 8. We start with a meal that Miss Dottie makes us in the kitchen. And then we have worship, which Devon and Abby usually lead for us. And then we have usually have a teaching. We have prayer time. And then we have activities that Kelsey leads. This last week, sometimes this has happened pretty often. We, go, we like strum the guitar and, and whoever's leading tries to sing and everybody just bursts out laughing. And the laughter just lasts for an hour. And it's in, that, in those times when the Lord brings healing and does a whole bunch of other stuff that we've yet to discover. Yeah, so it's like super exciting to be here with the youth. We also have um, a breakfast for the youth once a month on the second Saturday of the month, starting at 9. So if that's something that works for you, join us for that too. This, so this Tuesday, this Tuesday's February 1st, 6 o'clock. We also are raising funds for going to a summer camp, summer camp meeting in Oklahoma with Rama Bible Church. So there's fresh coffee back there and snacks that the youth have made. And then Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. And I encourage you, plan to stay after. Because this past Wednesday, after Wednesday night service, we were just hanging out on the floor up here, enjoying the presence of the Lord. That's when the angel of God brought new knees. So we were just lingering in his presence and just enjoying each other's sharing what the Lord's showing them and doing and just hanging out. It's beautiful. And then book club reminder. We have book club for women on the first Sunday of the month. So next Sunday is February 6th. The first Sunday after church women, we're meeting for the last part of the book we've been studying, You Can Be Fearless by Pastor Fiona. And we're going to Plan extra time because we're going to have a little Valentine celebration for you. Okay. And then remember Pastor Doug's library in the bookstore. That's CDs, books, DVDs by numerous authors that you sign out like a library, borrow them, and then you bring them back. So thank you, Pastor Doug. That's everything. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, once again, it's great that you're here with us. And we are excited about what the Lord is doing. He's always up to something good. I want to just read something to you from uh, the Amplified Bible from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 before we dismiss The kids, hallelujah. Do you know that our God is a generous God? And he always does good things for us. He is always doing good for his children, right? And um, he gives us the opportunity to 
invest in his kingdom. Did you know that you're an investor in God's kingdom? And uh, I want to read something to you from 2 Corinthians, from the Macedonians, starting uh, chapter 8, verse 1. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you about the grace of God which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia. There was a certain grace that was operating in these churches. You're going to find out what it is here in just a moment. And um, it says, awaking them, the Amplified says, awakening in them a longing to contribute. Maybe you have never contributed to the Lord, but now it's time to awaken something on the inside to be a contributor. You know, because you're never going to outgive God. Okay, and some people think, well, you know, I don't have anything to give. You know, if you have a a dime, you can give a penny. Someone say, "Amen." Amen. Okay, listen to this verse two. It says, "For during an ordeal of severe distress, some people think that if they're in a period of severe distress, that they shouldn't give, but that's not correct because that might be the ticket out of your distress." Did you know that uh, the group of men that uh, aligned themselves with David when uh, he was running from Saul, they were in despair, they were in debt, and they were distressed. But you know what they became? They became mighty men. Okay? And uh, for during an ordeal of severe distress, their abundant joy and their deep poverty together. So... When you mix joy in the, uh, in the mix, it changes everything. Okay? Cause their, jo- their abundant joy and their deep poverty together overflowed in the wealth of their generous, la- or their lavish generosity. Hallelujah. Verse three. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave voluntarily. All right, they weren't forced to, they just felt like they wanted to, okay? And uh, begging us insistently for the privilege of participating in the service of the support of the saints in Jerusalem. They were begging to give. Hallelujah. And verse 5, not only did they give materially, materially as we had hoped, But first they gave themselves to the Lord and to us as his representatives by the will of God. You know, maybe you just need to give yourself over to God. Just take, just take the reins out of your hand and turn it over to him, right? Move from the driver's seat to the co-pilot and let Jesus be the pilot. Okay? And, um, so this group of churches, they just wanted to give and they were experiencing a severe time. They, they didn't have a lot, but they wanted to give. Amen? Amen. How many know there was a woman in the Bible when Jesus was watching the giving and she gave two mites. And Jesus said she gave more than anybody else that put anything in there. Yes. Why? Because she gave out of her, her need, right? And, uh, hallelujah. So you can give today. Here at VCF, you can give any time during the service. We have a wooden container there, and there, those are our seed planters. If you make a check, you can make it out to VCF. If you're watching online, you can give that way. If you want to use a card, you can give through the bookstore. However you want to do it, 
Amen? So, Father, right now, we just thank you for our wonderful, awesome, incredible givers. And we thank you, Lord, that they are blessed, blessed, blessed. They are prospered, protected, and provided for. Lord, you watch over them in the heavens. The windows of heaven are open for them. And you're pouring out good things on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We have some awesome Kids Life teachers and some kids, kids that are... Uh, living in faith every day. Kids life stands for kids living in faith every day. So kids, feed your faith, enrich your spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, today is going to be a little different. I've got some props. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you a story to begin. A story about a high priest. And this story is from Zechariah chapter 3. I'm actually, if, if I could use Devon for a moment, if you could help me, I would appreciate it. He didn't know that he was going to do this. I was going to ask Stephen, but he's taking care of the sound, so it's all right. So, In Zechariah chapter 3, it says, uh, there was an angel that showed me Joshua, the high priest. In in this case, Devon, the high priest. Okay? But he was representing the disobedient and sinful Israel. And he was standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan was standing at Joshua's right hand to be his adversary, And to accuse him. Because we know that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Devon's thinking, what did I get myself into? Okay? Don't worry, it's going to turn out good. And uh, so he was wearing these garments. I want you to, you see this garment here? All right. You don't have to put it all the way on. But we'll just put it on there like this. Okay? All right. So Satan was accusing him, and uh, even the Lord, uh, he said, uh, the chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. So now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, right? I mean, it's got a big rip. It's got stains everywhere, right? You know, would you consider this to be a filthy garment? All right. Now, the angel spoke to those who stood before him, saying, remove the filthy garments from him. Come on. Hallelujah. He's got these filthy garments removed. Right? And it says, put a garment of righteousness on him. All right? That's much better. Even though it's not your size. It was the best that I had. All right? So remove the filthy garments from him. And he said to Joshua, See, I have caused your wickedness to be taken away from you. Oh, I'm telling you something. God has caused our wickedness to be taken away from us. All right? And uh, he also put a clean turban on his head or a crown. All right? And I didn't have my crown with me this morning, so. And uh, the angel of the Lord 
So thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and remain faithful and perform my service, then you will also govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you free access to my presence. So you have free access to God's presence. All right. But this is what God did for us. Can you say amen? Thank you, Devon. Appreciate it. Here, if you put that on the chair for me, that'd be great. See, when, when Adam walked with God, I have some more props too. His light was lit. He was walking in the glory of God. Right? He was reflecting the light of God. But then we know what happened, right? He did something that God told him not to do. And his light went out. Okay? Now, here's another flashlight. But if I try to turn it on, it's not working. Because what's inside of it is dead. And it hasn't been replenished with a good power supply. Okay? So, when you have, when you're connected to the right power, right? It's kind of bright, isn't it? <laughs> see? Now, you can't see this power source because it's on the inside. All right? But there are batteries in here that supplies power to this flashlight. And if you don't have the power, or if you don't have the right power, you're not going to shine. So this morning, I want to talk to you about Christ in you, the hope of glory. We got something on the inside. It's not just something, but it's someone he chose to live on the inside of us. And when he moved in, everything changed. Everything was rearranged. I want you to go to the book of Colossians with me. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes the Lord gives you these illustrations and you've got to go by faith. The book of Colossians, chapter 1, and verse 27. This is a very powerful verse. And it says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory. Of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everybody say Christ in me. When Christ is in you, you're connected to the right. So what if Christ is not in you? You are powerless, you are dead, and you are apart from God. All right? The, the Passion Translation says it this way. There is a divine mystery... A secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. This mystery of Christ embedded within us, 
Do you remember during the Iraq war when uh, news people were embedded with the soldiers? Right? They looked like a soldier. They had the armor of a soldier, but they didn't carry a weapon. They carried a news camera or a recorder, right? But they were embedded. They were on the inside, getting the inside scoop, the inside information. Which is, uh, living within you is Christ that floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God and wants everyone to know it. You know, God wants everyone to experience Christ on the inside. It is God's call. It is his cure for sin. It is his overcoming of the fall. It is to have Christ on the inside of us. Christ is the one who came and reversed the curse. Christ is the one who came and gained what was lost. Christ is the one who bridged the gap between us and God that sin caused, that we allowed to happen. Amen? So let's look at this. Let's go back up to verse 3 of this same chapter. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. Okay? And we're going to find out what this mystery is, and that will be made known. But Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul is writing to this church. Why did Paul write to a church? He was teaching them about the revelation that he received from God. You know, Paul got, got a revelation. He was taught by the Holy Spirit. And God gave him the revelation, and he wrote about half the New Testament. Okay? And... God inspired his writings for us. Everything that he wrote are applicable for us today. Can you say amen? So Colossians 1.3, it says, We give thanks to God of our Lord Jesus Christ as we pray always for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your unselfish love for the saints. How many here have faith in Christ? Amen? If you have faith in Christ, then we ought to have love, unselfish love, for saints. Say, I love God, and I love the saints. You know, we got to love God and love people, right? doesn't matter what business you're in, wherever you go, you're going to encounter people. And besides, you are a people. Amen? All right? So Paul was commending their faith and love. And verse 5, he goes down and he talks about, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. How many hope to be in heaven one day? You know, we're not here right now, but we got this hope. We're on our way to heaven. Amen? And how do you know you're on your way to heaven? Because you've got to get your ticket called Christ. If you don't have your ticket of Christ, you're not going there. But you can, you can get your ticket, they're free. Right? If you want to board flight 777, bound for heaven, amen, the tickets are free and the seats are available, but you've got to get your ticket by faith. Amen? Salvation is a gift. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. You can't hang out with someone who is saved and expect to be saved. You've got to believe God for it. Okay? The Amplified calls it a confident hope. Right? I'm confident that I'm going to heaven. 
Why? Because I made a choice when I was 12 years old to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. All right, 40 years ago. Gives you how old I am. And this, this hope is reserved and waiting for you in heaven. Oh, how much? I'm telling you, God's got some reservations for you. Oh, yes, your reservation is ready. Okay? He said, you previously heard of this hope in the message of truth, the gospel, which has come to you. How many are glad that the gospel came to you? I was lost, but then I was found. What found me? The gospel found me. Amen? What's the gospel? It's the good news of Jesus. Everybody say, good news. Put a big smile on your face and say, good news. If you're surrounded by bad news, that's not the gospel. The gospel is good news, talking about the love of God for people that were in sin. You know, why? some people ask, why are bad things happening? Because not everybody knows Christ. The people who don't know Christ are serving the enemy, the devil. You know, Jesus called a group of Pharisees in John 8. He said, you are of your father, the devil. So if the devil was their father, then God wasn't their father. Right? But aren't you glad you can change families? Glory to God. If you get tired about, if you get tired about being in the dark, you can come in the light. Amen? If you get tired about being bound, you can be free. If you get tired about being sick, you can be healed. Amen? Alright, let's, let's read on. Alright, let's go down to verse 13. So Paul was preaching, uh, you know, to these people. Verse 13, this is what Christ has done for us. Just some of the things. He rescued us. Oh, hallelujah. Couldn't rescue yourself, but he rescued us. Right? And has, he rescued us and has drawn us to himself. See, not only does God pull us out of the pit, but he brings us close to him. Amen? Why? Why does he do that? God wants a relationship. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. The relationship was broken in the garden, and it was fixed on the cross and the resurrection. Amen? So God, he he rescues you, then he draws you to himself from the dominion of darkness. In other words, when Christ draws you, darkness loses its grip on you. It has no control over you anymore. Can you say amen? All right? This is what Christ has done for us and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. You know, when you came in the kingdom, you became a king. Jesus is king of who? King of kings, right? Who are the kings he's king of? That's you and I. We are the kings. But he's the supreme king. He is the king of the kings. Right? Verse 14. In whom we have redemption. You have been redeemed. Hallelujah. You've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Glory to God. Christ is our redeemer. What does that mean? Under sin we lost our value, but he purchased us and made us valuable. He redeemed us. Amen? Are you excited about redemption? 
because of his sacrifice. And then we have the forgiveness of sins. You know, God's already forgiven you, but you just might want to receive it. You're already forgiven, so you need to forgive yourself. You need to have faith that God's forgiven you. Say, God has forgiven me. That's a, that's a comforting thought, amen? God doesn't hold grudges. When you come to Jesus, he forgot what you did. They're under, as far as the east is from the west, he forgets them. Right? Okay? And he canceled sin's penalty. Glory to God. All right, let's go down to verse 21. Although you were at one time estranged, right? When Devon was wearing that filthy garment, he was estranged from God, right? He was alienated. He was hostile-minded toward him, participating in evil things. This is a person who's not right with God, okay? This is how we were before we met Jesus. Oh, yeah, but I was a good person. Yeah, you might be a good person, but if you didn't know Jesus, this is you. Amen? Because you can't be good enough to earn salvation. Okay? Verse 22. Christ has now reconciled you to God in his physical body. What did he do? He hung his body on a cross. He let his body be opened. His blood was shed. And his blood washed you. His blood cleansed you. His blood sealed the covenant. His blood gave us access to him. His blood, oh my goodness, his blood did this. We are a blood-bought church. You know anybody that made a purchase with blood? Jesus made a purchase with blood. Okay? In order to present us before the Father holy, when you accept Jesus Christ, God looks at you just like he sees Jesus. You are as righteous as Jesus. You are as holy as Jesus. You are sanctified like Jesus. Amen? You are just like Jesus. When you accept Jesus, that's what we get. It's a package deal. We get his nature. We get his benefits. We get his promises. Oh, this is good. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Verse 23. And then, of course, we're blameless. But we got to continue in the faith. You know, once you get born again, that's the beginning. But you got to walk with God. Well, how long do I have to do that? All your life, every day. You've got to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? You've got to live in such a way that shows you received Christ in you. If someone was going to make a significant investment into you, don't you think they'd want a return on that investment? Would an investor invest a great amount of money and not expect a return? No? No, he wouldn't, right? So what did God invest in us? He invested his greatest treasure, his one and only son. He put his son in us. As, and all we have to do is receive him. Okay? But we got to continue in the faith. we got to be well-grounded, steadfast, not shifting away. we got too many shifters in the body of Christ. They're shifting away. Right? The, 
you can see it, you can watch it, you can observe it. There are people who have shifted away, right? People who walk with the Lord aren't walking with the Lord anymore. People who are on fire for God are a wet blanket. How did they get that way? They just lost focus of Jesus. They quit fellowshipping with him. They quit talking to him. They quit listening to their conscience. Okay? I'm going somewhere. We're going to get there. Amen? So, then he gets to this point. He says in verse uh, 25, In this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship with God, which God entrusted me for your sake. So that I might make the word of God fully known to you. I'm telling you, I'm a very passionate make the word fully known to you person. I can identify with Paul. I am up here today making the word known to you. Amen. I love making the word known to you. I, I, this, I love what I do. I love what God's called me to do. And you can just watch me for a minute and tell. He really loves what he does. Amen. I do. I love what I do. Right? This is the longest running job I've ever had in my life. <laughs> From the time I was 16, I had 35 different jobs, but this one I've had the longest. I must be in the right place. Amen? So what is this mystery that he referred to? He talked about this mystery. Okay? What is this mystery? This mystery, look at Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 4, verse 11. Mark chapter 4, verse 11. Any of you like mystery novels? Or you like watching mysteries? You know, you want to find the solution? Well, you know, God, he kept things a mystery. Do you realize the enemy didn't know that Jesus was going to be resurrected? Because the Bible says if he would have known that, he wouldn't have crucified him. The, the, the devil wouldn't have killed him if he'd have known that he was going to be resurrected. But he didn't know that because God kept it a secret until the time, right? And then he went, surprise! You know, Jesus like the jack-in-the-box, oh, here he comes, out, out from the grave, amen? He rose and the enemy was like, ah! Do you realize how much the resurrection scared the enemy? Because he couldn't do anything about it, couldn't do anything to stop it. He thought he won. But see, the enemy's short-sighted. Because you know the enemy hasn't been connected. He's been kicked out of heaven for a long time. You talk about a dead battery, the devil's battery is dead. And he only has power to people who give it to him. But as a believer in Christ, we have power over him. So Mark 4.11 And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, or that are on the outside. All these things are done in parables. So say, guess what? We get the privilege of knowing what the mystery is. Okay? The mystery is found in Romans 11. All right, let's turn over to Romans 11. Okay? We're still talking about Christ inside of us, and I'm getting to the good part here in just a minute. Whew, you got your shouting clothes on? I never understood what a shouting cloth was. Amen? 
Is it, is it my shoes? No. It's just a shout you put on. In other words, you hear something so good, so wonderful, so incredible that you just can't contain it to yourself and you just got to shout. Amen. Romans eleven twenty five. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. The mystery that Paul is talking about was the gospel was not just for the Jews. It was not just for one group of people. It was not just for one location. It was not just for one age group. It was for every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every person, every gender, everywhere. And the first people to receive the Holy Spirit that were Gentiles was at Cornelius' house. That didn't happen until Acts 10. Up until that point, everybody that was getting saved was Jews. And they thought, they thought, oh, we're we're Jews, you know. God gave them, he chose the Jewish nation, that's his special people, because that's the line that the Savior came through. Amen? You know, Jesus was a Jew. He is Jewish. Right? He's a rabbi. Amen? But, oh my goodness, I'm an adopted Jew. And you're an adopted Jew too. We have a rich father. His retirement plan is out of this world. His health plan is by your by his stripes you're healed. Amen. So we are adopted Jews. We've been engrafted in. That was a, that was the mystery that he was talking about. The mystery is that the Gentiles get the gospel too. You know, Paul was called to the Gentiles. Gentiles, kings, and the Jews, except he went to the Jews first and had all the problems, right? Then he says, I'm going to the Gentiles. Well, that's what God said in the first place. You know, just do what God says first. Don't change the order. God knows what he's talking about, okay? Now, the redemption of Christ overcomes the destruction of sin. The redemption of Christ overcomes the destruction of sin. Sin, let me just tell you some things about sin. Sin robs you. It is a thief. Okay? If you're tempted to sin, Satan is setting you up to be stole from. Okay? It takes something out of you. It takes something away from you. When we sin, we, we, we lose. All right? Sin cuts you off from God. It separates you from God. God does not bless sin. It darkens you. It lowers your status. You become equal with dirt. Because what happened to Satan, he, he has to eat dirt on his belly the rest of his life. He become a vacuum cleaner, a real dirt devil. Sin makes your flesh the ruler of your spirit. Sin makes your flesh the ruler of your spirit. Sin exposes your mind to negativity. 
Sin brings death. Death did not come into this world. Death did not occur until sin occurred. Because sin brought death. Sin opened the door for death. Why are bad things happening? Sin. That is the reason why bad things happen. Sin. Everybody say sin. Okay? It removes the glory that once covered you. This is what sin does. It makes the devil rule over you. When we sin, we become partnered with the first sinner, the devil. He was the first one to sin. When did he sin? He sinned in heaven. When iniquity was found in his heart and he thought he could be better than God and he wanted God's worship. And God said, doink. And Jesus said, ooh, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Right? Jesus was eating popcorn on the front row. There goes Satan. Sin puts death in you, and it gives death permission to work in you. Do you realize that God created man to live forever, mankind? Right? And when sin entered it, it took a lot. Sin started to work the day they sinned. But it took 900 and some years before death actually manifested. Right? We, or in other words, we saw the results of death. Okay? But now Christ, Christ changes the game. Christ is the game changer. Oh, hallelujah. Christ gives to you. He doesn't take from you. He gives to you. He deposits treasures in you. He gives you light and life. He makes your spirit ruler over the flesh. He reverses the order. Because we were designed by God originally to be spirit-led, not flesh-led. But we lost that, and then Jesus had to gain it back for us. Thank God that he did. With Christ, you can do all things. Without Christ, you can't do anything. Hallelujah. That, you can't do anything that will amount to anything, right? With Christ connects you to God. He's the repairer of the breach. He's the bridger of the gap. Hallelujah. He's the mediator between God and man because he is the God-man. God and man merge together in Jesus. The perfect representative. He, he knows God and he knows man. He walked in your shoes. He felt what you felt. He, he saw what you saw. He was 100% man. And 100% God. Christ gives you power, purpose, and a prize. He is the rewarder. Right? He gives you power. He gives you a purpose. You'll never find your purpose until you find Christ. Once you find Christ, then you can find your true purpose. Your original purpose. The purpose that God put in your DNA. Christ makes grace rule over you, and you have unyoked freedom and liberty. We have grace ruling over us, and we have unyoked freedom and liberty. Amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. Christ has made you free indeed. Amen? Hallelujah. Christ restores the glory that was lost, and he shares his glory with you. The reason I know that the glory was lost in the garden because Jesus shares his glory with us. It's Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. 
Glory is not just a word of excitement. It's God's beauty. It's God's splendor. It's God's majesty. It's God's goodness. And he shares that with us. We can experience his glory. Hallelujah. His glory can come into a place. Oh, my goodness. His glory can surround an individual. His glory can make things right. His glory is a defense. Amen? Christ makes you his dwelling place, his abiding place, and his home. Christ is at home in you. When you, when you said, Jesus, be my Lord, Jesus was there saying, okay, I'm ready to move in. Amen? Do you realize he didn't come in until you invited him in? Revelation 3 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in. You know, you got to open the door to Jesus. How do you open the door? You invite him in. You use your mouth. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Amen. You believe that he's, he's God's son, that he was raised from the dead. You believe and you confess. That's how you open the door. Say, come on in, Jesus. So what does it look like when Christ is in us? It's Christ in you, the anointing in you, the power in you, the healing in you, the salvation in you, the goodness in you, the peace in you. Hallelujah. Say Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me. Come on, say it again. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Do you realize Buddha doesn't live in people? Muhammad doesn't live in people. Hare Krishna doesn't live in people, but Jesus lives in people. I've been infected with Jesus. I've been inoculated with faith. Oh, hallelujah. I received a shot of salvation. Glory to God. I got Jesus on the inside. There's nothing I can't do. There's nothing that'll stop me. I got Jesus on the inside. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I got Jesus on the inside. There's an inside man in me. I've been changed on the inside. I look the same on the outside, but I'm a whole lot different on the inside. So what does it look like for Christ to be in you? I'm so glad that you asked. Romans 6:11, Christ in you, you are dead to sin, but alive to God. Say, I'm dead to sin. When you're dead to sin, it has no control over you. It has no influence over you. You are dead to sin, but alive to God. Glory to God. God lit my fire. I got my pilot light lit. Hallelujah. There's a fire on the inside of me. You got a fire on the inside, or are you cold? You better relight your light. Maybe your pilot light went out. You know, if your pilot light goes out, you can, you can light it again. Come on, someone needs some touch by the fire of God today. You need to light your fire again. I mean, you need to stir up that passion that you had, that you once had for God, right? Do you realize that people can leave their first love? Revelation tells us about it. There was a group, there was a church that left its first love. How do you rekindle something that you lost? Well, come back to it. Come back. Amen. Do you realize if you have, if you're camping and you have a campfire, the closer you get to that fire, the warmer you are, but the further you away you get from that fire, the colder you are. 
guess who moved? The fire doesn't move, but who moves? You move from the fire, okay? So Christ in us, Romans 8, 2, Christ in you frees you from the law of sin and death. And he puts his law in you. Did you know that in the New Testament, we still have laws? The law of the love and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We still have to abide by laws. They're just different laws than before. Romans 8.10, Christ in you means your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. I got righteousness on the inside of me working. You got righteousness working in you. Righteousness is the way of life in God's kingdom. It's the way of living. Righteousness means you've been accepted by God. You've been made right with God. Amen. Say, I'm accepted. You know, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Righteousness is a powerful thing. All right. Let's go on. Christ in us. Romans 8.11. Christ in you causes your mortal body to be made alive. He gives you life, strength, health, and vitality. Oh, hallelujah. See, I got strength. I got health. And I got vitality. Where is it? It's on the inside. Why? I took vitamin J. That's vitamin Jesus. Amen. I took him in and I take him in every day. Why? He's in me. Anytime that I need to uh, draw from a resource, I can draw it out. Glory to God. There's some living water on the inside of me. There's some new wine on the inside of me. There's wisdom on the inside of me. There's help on the inside of me. It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. All right. Aren't you glad that I extracted these minerals for you to experience today? Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter one, verses four to nine. I'm just giving you the summary of these. Christ in you is God's grace operating in you. Whoo, I got grace. Glory to God. Grace is God's enabling ability. It's his goodness, favor, mercy, and power. You got grace on the inside of you? Yeah, if you, if you got Christ in you, you got grace in you. All right? It's, and that grace enriches you in all things. You know, in order to use nuclear power, you got to enrich uranium, but we've been enriched by Christ. You've got some riches on the inside of you. Jesus became poor so that you could become rich. Amen? Glory to God. You're enriched in everything in speech and knowledge. What you say and what you know. Okay? Spiritual gifts abound in you. You know, God's got spiritual gifts. We have access to the spiritual gifts. Those are the nine gifts that 1 Corinthians 12 talks about. Okay, we have access to gifts. He strengthens you and makes you blameless. If Christ is in you, you're blameless. If Satan accuses you, you can say, it's not my fault. Come on. Free from blame. Satan can't bring an accusation against you. Why? I've been covered under the blood, brother. You can't cross the bloodline. Hallelujah. Christ in you, 1 Corinthians 1.30. Christ in you is wisdom. It's revelation of his plan. 
It's righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Glory to God. You didn't know that you had so many benefits of Christ being on the inside of you. Glory to God. You are accepted by God, you're set apart for God, and you're set free from sin. Say, I'm set free. Glory to God. Not only are you set free, but you're set up to prosper and to succeed and to increase. Because if you got Christ in you, you got the blessing in you. Amen? All right? Christ in you means 2 Corinthians 1.20. It means Christ opens the door to every one of his promises. Oh, my goodness, you have access to thousands and thousands of promises that are yes and amen to every believer. Whatever God promised, he already said yes and amen. That means it's yours. You can have it. You can experience it in Jesus' name. We have, he, he opens the door to every one of his promises, every one of his benefits. And he strengthens you and anoints you and seals you with the Holy Ghost. You've been sealed with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. That means you can't leak. You've been sealed. Right? And the sealing of the Holy Spirit is just the down payment. What's the full measure? A glorified body. Corruption becoming incorrupt. Amen. Being just like Jesus when he comes. See, we got the down payment now, but when Jesus comes in the twinkling of an eye. You ever, you ever wonder how fast you can twinkle your eyes? You know, in the twinkling of an eye, that fast you become, you get a glorified body. God makes good on his down payment. Now, if we can do what we can do now with the down payment, imagine what we can do with a glorified body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is what you get if Christ is in you. If Christ is not in you, you better get him in you today. Amen? Why? You're losing out if he's not in you. If Christ is not in you, you're missing the boat. If Christ is not in you, change. You know, there, we see people who were changed. Right? I think of Zacchaeus. Let's go over to Luke 19 for a minute. Luke 19. It's, all, it's always hard for me to look up Zacchaeus because I always misspell his name and they're like, no, no search is found. He's got a weird spelling of his name. I want you to see this. Luke 19 verse 1. Jesus entered and passed through Palmyra. It says Jericho, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing. It's, give me some artistic license, okay? And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. So he was a rich IRS agent. Now, you have to understand something about the tax collectors. They were, they worked for Rome. And Rome would set the tax. But the tax collectors would give an additional amount 
they'd give the money to Rome and they'd take the difference. Okay? And they were a very unpopular group. No one liked them. They equated them with uh, evil people, right? You know, they criticized Jesus harshly for hanging out with tax collectors. The Pharisees didn't like him because they worked for Rome. And But we got this tax collector who's hungry for righteousness. Okay? How many are hungry for a change? You know, you got to seek out the change. Okay? Notice what Zacchaeus did. He sought to see Jesus. What happens when you seek to see Jesus? You're going to see him. He said, if you seek me, what? You'll find me. Okay? He sought to see Jesus who he was. Not, he just didn't want to see him for seeing sake. He wanted to know him. He wanted to see him for who he was. He wanted to know something about him. He wanted a relationship. Come on, somebody. Okay? But, and he could not for the press or the crowd because he was little stature. He was short. He was a wee little man. Okay? Are you going to let something in the natural stop you from getting to Jesus? You know, Zacchaeus could have said, well, I'm short. I'm just, I just won't be able to see Jesus. I might as well just give up. No! He didn't give up. He didn't quit. When you're hungry for God, you don't stop. When you're hungry for God, you keep pressing in. When you're hungry for God, you find a way. If you've got to cut a hole in the roof, you'll find a way. Those who are hungry will find a way to Jesus. And he ran before. Okay? What's he doing? He's getting himself in a position to receive Jesus. He's operating by faith. Okay? Oh, we we haven't left in Christ yet. I'm just taking a little break. This is a word from our sponsor. We'll be back to the show in just a minute. And he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. How many of you would climb a tree just to see Jesus? If you're desperate enough. I mean, the woman with the issue of blood had to crawl through the crowd. The Syrophoenician woman kept coming. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, he kept calling out until he got Jesus' attention. What are you going to do to get Jesus' attention? He climbed the tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. Oh, I'm going to get myself in a position so that I can receive Jesus. Right? Just like one of Patrick Mahomes' receivers. They're going to get into a position to receive the ball. You know, I, I'm, just, I'm just, listen, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so it's okay. <laughs> I just like his style. And when Jesus came to that place, I want you to see who got into position. It was Zacchaeus that got into the position to receive. Jesus was going to pass by there anyway. And if Zacchaeus would have done nothing, Jesus would have kept passing by. Sometimes you've got to reach out. Your miracle's passing you by. Sometimes you've got to reach out and grab it. One guy said, if your ship doesn't come in, swim out and get it. Amen? What are you doing? I'm waiting for my ship. It hasn't come in yet. It's been 
It's been stalled in California there. <laughs> Swim out and get it. <laughs> that just came out. I don't know where that came from. And he looked up. You know why it was odd for Jesus to look up? Because someone was rustling in the trees. Someone was making some noise. Someone was doing something or he wouldn't have got his attention. But he looked up. This is so powerful. And he saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, hurry, and come down, for today I must abide at your house. I must come into your house. I must come into your life. I must come into your situation. And he made haste. He's obedient. If Jesus says hurry, you don't go, okay. If Jesus says hurry, come on, pick up the pace. And he came down and what? He received him joyfully. He received him joyfully. He received him joyfully. He received Christ and got joy. He received him into his heart, into his life, and he got joy. He received him joyfully. How do you receive the word? Whoo, okay, let's get back to in Christ. Amen? This is what it means for Christ to be in us, the hope of glory. Oh, I tell you what, I struggled over this delivery. I didn't know how this was going to come out. I'm praying God help me. I didn't, cause I had all this thing, but I didn't, I was like, ah, 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 you know, I had all this thing. I didn't know which direction to go, but the Holy Ghost knows. You just got to yield to Him. He couldn't have made, I couldn't have made this better without him. Let me tell you that. All right. Galatians 2.20. When you're in Christ, you are crucified with him. Now Christ lives in you. You now live by faith in the son of God who loves you and gave himself up for you. Jesus gave himself up for you. So when he asks something of you and you go, oh, I don't want to give that. Well, consider what he gave. You think he wanted to give that? You think he wanted to give the cross? You think he wanted to shed the blood? Father, take this cup from me if you can. Let this cup pass if, it, if you can, but not my will. Yours be done. His flesh didn't want to do that. Nor did he want to be separated from God. But he did it just for you. So when he asks you to do something, don't turn up your nose. Just say, yes, okay. I'll do that. Let's practice. Say, yes, Lord. I'll do that. I'm yours to command. All right, you guys are quick learners. You're awesome. All right, Ephesians 2.13. Christ in you means you are in him and he is in you. You are brought near by his blood. Oh, my goodness. You could, accept, you could walk into the throne of God anytime, anyplace, anywhere that you want to. And God would receive you. You have been given access to the most secret, holy place there ever was, ever is, and ever will be. You can walk into the throne of grace anytime. Amen? All right? Galatians 3.26. When Christ is in you, you're a son of God. Now, a son of God is any believer in Christ Jesus. That's male and female. Amen? If Christ is in you, you are a child of God. You are his child, glory to God. All right? Ephesians 4.32. We've been, we've been, uh, this is one of our verses for Bible adventure that they have to memorize. If Christ is in you, 
then he awakens kindness and compassion and forgiveness towards one another. When Christ is in you, you're more inclined to forgive because the forgiver has gotten in you. Has anyone ever hurt you? Yeah, we've all been hurt, right? Get over it. You forgive them. That doesn't mean that what they did was right, right? But forgiveness helps you. Forgiveness cuts the tie with that. Forgiveness puts them into God's hands and let God take care of it. But if if you don't forgive a person, then you're going to take care of it. Which one will do better, God or you? I take God. All right? Philippians 1.6 means Christ is in you, he's working in you, and he's finishing the work. He began a good work in you, and he is faithful to complete it. Everybody say this. Say, Jesus, keep on working. <laughs> Amen? He doesn't take a lunch break. He doesn't take a coffee break. He just keeps on working. Glory to God. When Christ is in you, Philippians 1.9 He causes you to grow in knowledge and discernment. You can approve the things that are superior. That live, you can live a pure, blameless life and be filled with the fruit of righteousness. When Christ is in you. When, according to Colossians 2.6, when Christ is in you, you walk in him and you're rooted and established in faith, and you have great gratitude. When Christ moves in, you become a great thanksgiver. He floods you with such goodness that you can't help but be thankful. Amen? So these are the results of Christ in us. Okay, there's more, but I'll stop for there for now. (laughs) So not only is Christ in you, But it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, the expectation of glory, the anticipation of better things. How many has improved their life since Christ moved in? Oh, yeah. When he moves in, he he renovates. We're going to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of this. And we're going to put this here, that there, this here. Right? Christ is a renovator. He's an artist. He's a creator. Okay, so when Christ moves in, change will happen. So you got to you got to brace yourself for change. And guess what? Change will continue to happen as long as he's living in there. Why? He's always working to make you like him. Okay. so just because you changed yesterday doesn't mean you can't change tomorrow. Right. Right. Okay, so Christ in us, the hope of glory, it is the expectation of what is certain. The hope of glory is the fulfillment of God's promise to restore all creation. The hope of glory means you can shine brightly. When Christ moves in, your light was turned on and you don't have a light bill. Hallelujah. He's your power source. He doesn't have to be changed. He doesn't have to be plugged in. Right? He just keeps emanating power. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Right? He's a power source. A continual 
power source that never gets low. Oh, what's your battery at today? 100%. (laughs) It's just sometimes we're not tapping into that power. It's available to us, but we're not tapping into it. Sometimes we just, we turn off that power and we rely on flesh power. Or we rely on experience power. Or we rely on opinion power. Or we rely on natural power. But yet we have supernatural power within us. Okay? Alright? We can, we have a bright life and a bright future. When glory comes in, like, glory is all, is often represented, represented by light. Or smoke, or fire, right? When when fire, light, and smoke are occurring, God is there. His glory is there, right? His glory has a weight to it, all right. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the hope of being with the Lord in heaven. That is a worthy retirement. Amen. If you want to retire, let's leave the earth. You can retire from a job. But you can never retire from your relationship with Jesus. Why? He'll be with you forever. When Jesus moved in, he said, I'm sorry, you're stuck with me. I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. The hope of glory is the hope of displaying the nature and character of God. We have the, we are not old sinners. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are not an old sinner. You are a new creature. And and all things have become new. Right? We are new creatures and all things are becoming new. See, I'm a new creature. I have a new feature. (laughs) You you know what? I just bought a car uh, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, and I'm enjoying the new features. (laughs) I got a backup camera. I can just plug in my phone and it plays whatever's on my phone. That's so cool. I don't have to play tapes anymore. What's a tape player? <laughs> There's a thing called Bluetooth. <laughs> the hope of his calling or uh the hope of his glory is Becoming something great. God's glory makes you great. God chose you. He destined you for greatness. Say, I'm blessed. Bless, the blessing is an empowerment for greatness. It, it, is, it is something that God gives to you that you can take anywhere. Abraham took the blessing into Egypt. He took the blessing into Canaan. He took the blessing in the desert. He took the blessing wherever he went. And that blessing started to work in his life to bring increase in him. So the, the hope of his glory. The hope of his glory is, means you can live in hope. You can live in expectation of the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And, and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and he quickens your mortal body. Say, body, be quickened in Jesus' name. 
Tell your joints to be quickened. Tell your organs to be quickened. Tell your skin to be quickened. Tell your brain to be quickened. That means made alive. Hallelujah. That's what it means. The hope of glory means you can rejoice in hope. You have confident assurance and expectation. You're enjoying the glory. You can enjoy the glory. You can enjoy the glory. Amen? It's meant to be enjoyed. When the glory comes, play in the glory. Splash around in the puddle. Right? Make some noise. Or the glory might come in and just might knock you on the floor. One time we were in a meeting uh, at Lee University. And we had uh, we, this group that I was part of and Fiona was part of called, was called Pioneers for Christ. And we had a service on campus every Thursday night. I mean, we had worship, we had preaching, and the Holy Ghost showed up. And this particular night, one of the professors, we asked the professor to um, come and speak. He had just been to a revival in Canada, the Toronto Blessing, right? And he was this dry, monotone biology teacher. If you've ever been through a, a biology class with a dry, monotone, doesn't change his tone teacher, it gets pretty boring. But this night, this professor, his eyes were like red. And he was excited. Now, he wasn't a preacher, but you could see the excitement. And as he talked, he, he started praying for people, and people started falling on the floor. Some people couldn't get up. One of them was Pastor Fiona. And she had on this green business outfit, skirt, matching jacket, and she's laying on the floor for, I don't know, it was like two hours. And, and every once in a while she'd move her arms like this, and the people would get up and start praising God like a conductor. And then she put her arms down, and then some people couldn't even speak in English. We went past curfew. The residential assistants are calling and saying, what's happened? These people are late for curfew. Yeah, they're stuck on the floor. They can't get up. Seriously, true, true story. I was there. I saw it. What, the glory came in. So we could think about how we're going to respond when the glory comes in, but... And, until we experience it, we don't really know how we're going to respond. Amen? But Christ in you, the hope of glory. God knew. He had always, from the very beginning, he had always wanted to live in us. That was his plan. That was his goal. And God and Adam had such close fellowship. God would come down in the cool of the day and they would walk together and talk together, you know, and it was like nothing. Adam didn't think it was a big deal talking to God. Hey, Adam, why don't you name the animals? Okay. You know, and they just had these conversations. They had these interactions. They had this fellowship. They were one, right? Just like Jesus and the Father were one. Jesus prayed for us in John 17 that we would be one like he and the Father are one. 
Because one of his disciples said, show us the Father. And he said, Philip, the Father's before you. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm just like him. I'm his express image. Hallelujah. That's how we need to be like Christ. We need to be just like Jesus. We need to talk like Jesus. We need to act like Jesus. We need to live like Jesus. We need to give like Jesus. We need to love like Jesus. Why? Because we have Christ in us. He's not on us. In the Old Testament, he would come on them, then he would leave. He would come on them just to do a job or a project, then he would leave. So, the prophets, the priests, and the kings, the great men and women of God, the Spirit of God would come on them. They would do something great, but then the Spirit of God would leave. But now when Jesus came, he says, I'm going to become a permanent resident. I'm not just going to visit and go. I'm going to remain. I'm going to come in you. I'm going to be in you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to talk in you. I'm going to work in you. Hallelujah. He is in us. He's not going anywhere. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. He put his word in us. He put his law in us. He put his will in us. He put his way. He put the truth in us. It's Christ. Everything that represents God is in Christ. He has all the fullness of God. And he was enabled by God to distribute what he has to us. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that we have Christ living on the inside of us? Hallelujah. It's time that we put on Christ. It's time that we connect to the power source and we keep the light on. Amen? Don't let the light go out in your house. Right? This one's losing some power. (laughs) How do I not let the light go out? You keep living for God with a passion, with a zeal, with a fervor. Amen? You keep pressing into God. You keep doing what God says. You keep doing the spiritual disciplines. You keep worshiping. You keep praying. You keep studying. You keep walking it out. You keep forgiving. Amen? Amen. Why? You have the ability. Christ shed his love abroad in your heart. Your heart has been filled with the love of God. You have no excuses of why you can't live for God. we, We can't say, God... I just can't do it. He said, yes, you can, because I'm there. If I say you can do it, you can do it. Amen? Uh, just, just ask, when you get to heaven, just ask Moses. Say, Moses, how was it when you argued with God? Oh, it wasn't good. <laughs> he said, you're never going to win an argument with God, so don't do it. We all learn something from Moses. Amen? Today, I'm going to give you a swift kick in the cans. We can come up higher. We can live better. Why? We have Christ in us. The anointed one in us. The Messiah is in us. Hallelujah. God is in us. Righteousness is in us. Holiness is in us. Power is in us. We can't fail. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
the number one and most important thing that you need to know is you have to have Christ on the inside of you today. Don't go another day without Christ being on the inside of you. And the only way he, he doesn't force his way in. He doesn't break down the door. He doesn't come climb in the window. He comes by an invitation. An invitation that is given in faith. We say, God, I want you to come in. Every person who's ever been born again has to make that invitation. No one can make it for you. You got to do it. It is a choice. It is a free choice. So is there anyone here that has never invited Jesus to be inside? He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to help you and work in your life. And he'll only come in if you invite him in. Because he's a gentleman. But it's the greatest decision that you'll ever make. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, I've never made, I've never invited Jesus? Or how about this? Maybe you did it one time, but maybe you started getting away from the fire. And your heart started to grow cold. And you started to be ensnared by other things. You started to be, uh, given into the traps of the enemy. You can be free from those traps today. You can come home. You can be restored. Amen. Just like the prodigal son. And, and maybe you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That is the key to the supernatural. And finally, maybe you just need some healing in your body or strength in your life. If you need any one of those things, if you need salvation or if you need to return home or if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit or if you need to be healed in your body, this is for you. I'm, op- I'm opening an invitation for you to come up right now if you need any of those things and receive. Amen? Because we serve a good God. He is here for you. And you're not here by accident. You're here by design. You didn't happen to stumble on us today. I'm telling you, God knew that you're going to be here. God set you up today, but he set you up for success. He didn't set you up to fail. He set you up to help you. He set you up to bless you. He set you up to touch you. He set you up to strengthen you. Don't let pride stop you from coming to Jesus. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, the Bible is clear. It said, you shall be filled. And I, I know stepping out and, and coming up, oh, that's a embarrassing. Jesus said, look, if you deny me before my father, I'll, or if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. Yeah, it does take a bold confession, a bold step. So you don't, no one needs healing. No one needs salvation. No one needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Y'all are just experiencing Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hey, that's good. It's all right. You ought to rejoice about that. Amen? This is no pressure. This is just an opportunity. Let's just raise our hands to God. Let's just begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. How good it was for God, for Christ to dwell in us. For Him to have access to us. Amen. And for we to have access to Him. Glory to God. Lord, we just praise You. We magnify You. We worship You, Lord, in this place. Oh, I give You thanks and praise and glory. You are good and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. We bless Your holy and wonderful name, Lord. We give You glory and honor and praise. We glorify You, Lord Jesus. We bless Your holy name.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Not only do we want, let me say it this way, we want to share what's inside of us with those around us, those outside of us, in our community, in our family, in our neighborhood, on the job, in the store, wherever we may be. You go as a light. You go bearing the glory. You go bearing the name. You go representing the kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Build relationships with people. Build relationships with people. Amen? Well, did this help you today? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Oh, that's so exciting. Thank you, Father, that you, you show us, you, you just show us the rich treasures of your word. And you share the rich, riches of your glory with us. You're so good and we bless you and praise you and give you all the glory and all the praise. Everybody said, amen. amen in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic and wonderful week. Youth on Tuesday, refreshing on Wednesday, Bible adventure on Thursday, good things happening every day. God bless you.